0: who's going through stuff? (laughs) Oh, I said this this morning. My wife said to me, she said, when are you going to be done with this? What are the odds? And I'm like, why? Have you not liked it? She goes, no, we're just getting tested at every turn. Would you please change this? Change the subject. You ever taught on something and that's what you get tested on. Any of you teachers ever run through that? Yes, It happens. It happens. It happens. We're going through stuff as a nation, as a church, as an individual. We have got everything going against us. We've been looking at Second Chronicles chapter 20 and King Jehoshaphat and how he's got three armies coming against this little bitty Israel. Everybody remember? Been going over this for about four weeks. Today's the last day. I will finish today. Can I tell y'all something? The end of a thing's better than its beginning. It's not good to go out here and start a project and to leave it half built and let it go out there to rot. We've got so many projects that we've just left. God likes you to count the cost and he likes you to finish. You know, God's a finisher. He's not the starter of your faith. He's the finisher of your faith. So we're going to finish today. <laughs> we're going to finish. Um, what was I going with that? Finish. Everybody talk amongst themselves. Um, he is the author and the finisher. Anyway, King Jehoshaphat, the small army got these three nations coming against you. What have you got coming against you right now? Finances, me, relationship, me, marriage, me. I'm a rhetorical by the way. Uh, you know, we're all, we're all good. You know what I'm saying? But, but we all have marriage issues you tell me you don't have marriage issues, either you're not married or you're lying. (laughs) Two people just don't always get along. Elizabeth said specifically to me this morning, don't you talk about me today. (laughs) So we'll leave it at that. I do. I need to honor her. She is wonderful. Plus, she's beautiful to boot. Oh, I heard a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What else coming against you? Probably didn't even name them all yet. Physical, health, mental, spiritual. What's coming after you? Your kids. Your parents. Here, Jehoshaphat has literally. Three nations coming against little bitty Israel. And these things that are coming against us look so big that we can't defeat it. It's impossible to defeat them. What have we been looking at? We've been looking at Jehovah Nisi. This is so appropriate for today in the song list that we did and about praising God and give thanks to the Lord for he is good as love endures forever. Sing praise. My savior lives. You're going to see how this is all going to tie together. And we did not orchestrate this. We're not that good. I could try to orchestrate it, but then it would almost be like manipulating and it wouldn't work. I've tried to do that as a worship leader, set you up just to explode and the roof, come off the place and it never works. And then I do stuff that doesn't even sound that great to me, and I do a couple hymns and it's like oh hum drum. And God moves in power. Have you ever think God's just trying to say, Would you try quit trying to do it on your own? You can't do it. I can do it. I can do it through stuff you think would never work. Look at me. Look at you. Do y'all follow that? I am the God who defends you. I'm Jehovah uh, Nisi, the Lord, your banner. I go before you. I go in front of you. I take care of the things if you allow me to go. And Jehoshaphat, he came and he saw these three enemies coming. And what did he do? We've been looking at five points. Point number one, he turned to God first. He said, "Uh oh, we're in trouble. Where's a prophet? Where's a man of God? We need help. And he turned to God first. We've been looking at this over the last four weeks. Secondly, he talked to God. And he didn't just get in his own little quiet room. He got before the entire nation of Israel and prayed aloud, asking for help. It was a place of humility for him before the congregation, before the nation of saying, God, you're God. Number three. You tell God how you feel. What did he say? God, I'm scared. I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. But then what did he say? My eyes are on you. But my eyes are on you. Anybody in the same place he's in? You're hopeless. You've got no hope. You can't figure out where to go. Number four. Now it's time to trust him. We've been talking about trust last week. We talked about these scriptures. Look at this right here in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15. And by the way, if you're new today, we've been going through Second Chronicles chapter 20. That's where all of this has come from. Uh, by the way, let me stop just a second. If you ever want these, again, I've said this before, the, they are free on our website. But there's a, there's a download on our website from Tuesday night from a guy from South Africa called Bertie Britt. And I want you to know that message will change your life. It absolutely has changed my life. I encourage you, go download it. You can buy it. I've, We've got it on sale. I've, I messed up and charged the wrong amount. Normally it's $3, but it's $2 if you want that one. But if you want it free, go download it off the internet. It's free. Uh, but if you want to catch up with where we are, download those. Well, look at what this says. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Church, are you out there today? Yes. Battle's not yours, but God's. He went on to say in verse 17, you're not even going to need to fight in this battle. You know, I believe that this scripture and this word came because of Jehoshaphat's preparation. I believe that God completely delivered him here because of what he did before. Y'all with me? I believe that the way you approach your problem dictates the success of how you get through it. We're going to see this. We're going to see this as we keep going. You don't even need to fight. Stand strong in your places and you will see the Lord save you. So, pastor, if I'm not supposed to fight, if God's supposed to do it all, then what do I do? How do we go from point A to point B? I'm glad you asked. What does God want you to do? Two words. Stand strong. Stand strong. Everybody say stand strong. Stand strong. What does that mean to stand strong? It's a mental attitude. You know how we just gave and we changed our mental attitude? There is power in getting your focus right. God says, stand strong and watch me save you. Stand strong. It's an attitude of quiet confidence. I'm not going ahead of God, but I'm not backing up either. I'm going to stay put and watch God work. I'm going to stand strong. I'm not going to turn tail and run. One of the most important truths that you have to learn in life is that God will never. It is never God's will for you. To run from a difficult situation. Never. Are you still there? If you do. He's going to bring it up again. You know in the school system. If you fail a grade. You got to retake it. Or you should. We hear how people pass. Pass to keep numbers right. But God doesn't. God doesn't meet the quota. (laughs) If you fail. He's going to help you back through it. And he's not going to pass you when you're not ready. It's going to come back up. Who here, without, without, rhetorical, without raising your hands, who here has had to go through something and you failed and you've had to go through it again? And again. And again. And again. And you're still there. Amen. God's not wanting you to run. God wants you to get through. God's not one to just tuck tail and say, I lose. No, God wants you to go over the mountain. He wants you over the mountain never does he have you run from a difficult situation he wants you to learn that he is sufficient in every situation and if you don't learn it here he'll just provide the opportunity again and you know to, in today's society there are so many ways to escape the world has given us so many ways to justfully run from our responsibilities parents running from their responsibilities workers running from their responsibilities, the schools, churches. We're not, we're not outside of that. We run from our responsibility. We get away from pr- preaching on repentance. Let me tell you, what did Jesus and John preach on? Repent. It's the way we apply the blood of Jesus. It's the way we can come clean and be ready before God. It's the way that we can claim what Jesus did for us so that we can, God can see us through Jesus. The church has made mistakes and have run from responsibilities, but it's so easy to escape. God says they are out of his will if you're using them to run. He says, I want you to stand strong. And watch me do a miracle. What do I stand firm on? Look at verse 20. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. What do we have? What what are we supposed to stand on? We stand on God and his character. But we also stand on his word. You know, there are 7,000 promises in the word of God that the prophets have revealed to us. That's what we stand on. But let me ask you this. How can you stand on those promises if you don't know them? You've got to know them. We need to know God to know what to stand on. How can you receive, as Bertie Britt talked on, receiving the gospel of grace if you don't know the God of grace? You've got to know him. And the church needs to know him. Once you know him, do you know? That I will, I will live my life over what out of what I believe. If I hang around with you long enough, I'll know where you stand on a lot of things. Just by the way you spend your money, by the way you talk, by the who you hang out with. It doesn't lie. My actions and the way I walk my life out either reveals that I believe in God or it reveals I don't. So when we stand strong, it's time to not only get to know these things, but to start believing them and to start walking them out as though they're going to happen. That is faith. That is faith. Have faith in the Lord, your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in the prophets and you will be successful. And as I close today. If you're going through a tough time right now, which I know we are, I encourage you To pour your heart out to God. He will understand. Tell him. Your feelings and trust him to help you. To support you. To defend you when you feel overwhelmed. And get connected to others. Do you know why we've got to be connected to others? Because God works through people. This next Monday night is an opportunity to connect to one another. And to go out here and to connect to the world. How can we be salt and light when we stay in here? We can't. We're losing our flavor. We need to get out here and allow our flavor to be tasted and seen. And we need to fall down get a couple of scrapes on our knees. Not literally, I hope. But we do. We need to learn. I was telling uh, Joe and Karen... We're trying to do this coat drive. And I said, Joe, we don't have it all together. We're probably going to make a few mistakes. But let's go make them together and figure out how to do this thing right. Try to learn and try to bring people in that know how to do it. But then we've got to get, just get out here and do it. We've got to get pushed out of the nest. Can you imagine a bird getting shoved out of the nest? Just saying, you better fly or you're going to crash. Nothing I can do for you now. You're out. I think the Lord's saying, Out, get out. Come on. Get out of the nest. If you mess up, you mess up. So be it. I never said you're not going to mess up. You're going to mess up. But I'm a, God says, I'm a good cleaner. So good. Get connected with other believers. Expect God to take care of you. And he will. He's your defender. And if God's for us, who can be against us? So when we're over, when we're facing overwhelming odds and the odds are against you, These are the things you need to do. But the last one, number five, this is where we're going to end. Thank God in advance. Now, get ready because it's about to get good. Thank God in advance. That's the key. You turn to God first. You talk to God about the situation. You tell God how you feel. You trust God to help help you, and then you thank him. Look right here, 21. The king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord, for his faithful love endures forever. You see how this morning we did this song. Forever. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King, his love endures forever. This is very unusual. A very unusual way to organize an army. Jehoshaphat's battle plan is to put the choir in front of the infantry. Patton would have fainted. You want to do what? Jehoshaphat says, here's my idea. Who here sings? Okay, i pick you all out. We're going to form a little choir here, and you're going to go first. Picture this. They're on the mountain, and these three armies are standing there, ready to go to battle. These three aren't nations of armies. And they're in the valley where they're about to do this battle. And then here are the lowly Israelites. Jehoshaphat says, we're going to take you who sing and make a choir out of you and put you in front of the army as we march into battle. And they're out there singing, thanks be to God. We praise you, God. We're just jumping and hollering and hooping a bunch of charismatic people out there. I got a, got a real weird vibe this morning when I said charismatic. We are in a Baptist church, but come on. Charismatics aren't the devil. I'm a charismatic. Pentecostals, send them out. Let them shun die the enemy to death. Should have bought a Honda. Amen. Amen. Makes me want to start praying in tongues, to be honest with you. I mean, it's just that all all you got to do is just get going and you just... By the way, if you don't know, I I pray in tongues. Okay. We're a spirit-filled church. All right. Okay. So, but... And I made fun of the Baptist this morning. I am a Baptist. I've always been a Baptist. I've been a Baptist. I've been a member of a Baptist church my whole life. I am Baptist. But I wonder if the Baptists are up there going, we praise you, Lord. We pray you got there. Oh, I was bouncing. Sorry. No, no. But they're out there. Let me tell you, we're all worshiping the same God. We're all worshiping the same God. Don't judge people's worship. I've been on both sides of the fence. My wife was raised Episcopalian. Don't judge worship. You want a clear case of getting smacked on the head, judge somebody's worship. Don't do it. Work on your worship. Okay. So, here they go. Can you imagine the three armies going, what is that nut doing? Look at what's out front. What are they doing? Then can you imagine the Israelites? What's our king doing? He's doing what? And the choir's going, I don't know what he's doing either, but we're the ones out here. Now I want you to paint this picture for you. We practice choir. We practice our choir um, on Sunday uh, evenings. You know, we teach them these songs. We're doing one. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Or let the redeemed of the Lord rise up. It's one we're hoping to get going. I'm hoping to impart that into you, Wayne. I've plugged it twice now, so keep that one going. So, but you know what? They're going out of here through the week. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. They're going out here and they're singing it. They're grabbing hold of it. When we have church in here, what we don't realize is this is choir practice. We sing the song, my savior lives, my savior lives, my savior lives. Hopefully something's going to grab hold of you and you're going to go out of here singing it. Why do you need that? You know, your problems did not walk in the door. They're still out there waiting for you. Your enemies are still out there waiting for you. You need to get filled up with something and go out of here singing, praising. Let them go in front of you. Have you ever gone home and you just sing some of the songs we've sang? That's not just because it's kind of catchy. God's trying to do a a work in your life. He's trying to position you to take out these enemies that you got. That's why you need to be stirring yourself up through the week. You're in choir practice right now. So that you can go tackle what you've got in front of you. It It is fuel... To go burn up what's, what's facing you. You are being given a tool to take out what comes before you. Look at what happens. The king appointed singers. We saw that. Give thanks to the Lord. And here they go. Here goes the choir. It's very important here. They were thanking God in advance for the victory. Do you realize they haven't even fought yet? Everything that's gone on, they have not even tackled their problem yet. All these scriptures we've read, all the weeks we've taken, they've still not fought. They are preparing the way to handle their problem. The king is. Before it happened, they were thanking God in advance. Praising, thanksgiving, verbalizing faith. If you thank God after the fact, that's gratitude. That's different. Not the same thing. If you thank God before it happens, it's faith. They say, We give thanks. We give God. We give thanks to God for the victory. What happens? Look at verse 22. At the moment they began to sing and praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir to begin fighting amongst themselves. They destroyed each other. At the moment they started to praise. There is power in thanking. There is power in praising. There is power in. In expecting. God confused the enemy and they started fighting each other and killing themselves. They turned on each other and destroyed themselves while the Israelites just watched. They were thanking God in in advance. Let me ask you something. The insurmountable problem that you have in your life. The one that you feel like you cannot get through. When are you going to thank God for it? After it's over, that's gratitude. How about now? How about turning your focus of how bad things are to thanking God for what he's going to do? Let me encourage you just a minute. That choir obeyed the king. It doesn't say whether they wanted to. It doesn't say what kind of heart they had, but I believe they believed in their king. I'm not saying I'm the king. I'm not saying that at all. But God is calling you and telling you, if you will go and approach your problem this way, I'll take care of it. The choir just obeyed. There was no power in the choir. There was power in the obedience. Can you you get this? We don't have to be perfect and we don't have to do it perfectly. We just have to do it. There's power in praising. How about now? While you're in the problem, while you see it coming at you, thank God now. It's not over yet. Verse 25. So Jehoshaphat and his men went off to carry off the plunder. and They found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and articles of value. Much more than they could take away. God wants to bless you. You know, Jehoshaphat didn't know there was going to be plunder involved. He was desperate. He just said, I don't know what to do. And we're going to be taken out, God. We've got to have you. But God doesn't just defeat your enemy. He gives you the spoils. Do you know there are spoils involved in the battle you've got right now? You're not going to get them until you let God win that war for you. You stand strong. You believe in him and in his word. And you start thanking him in advance. God wants to bless your soul, your life so much that you can't even handle it. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. Verse 26. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baraka, where, the, where they praised the Lord. This is why they call the valley of Baraka to this day. Barakah. Baraka. Is the Hebrew word for praise. And that's where God wants you to live. In the valley of blessing. It means blessing and praise. God wants to bless your life. And he wants you to live in that valley of blessing. In that valley of praise. How do you get there? By thanking God in advance. When Christians act the way they ought to act, the world takes notice. Verse 29, When the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for God had given him rest on every side. This shows us that in our obedience, we can change our community. Do you see this? That the enemy... Began to fear God. They saw that God delivered them. And the enemy turned. And God gave Jehoshaphat peace. We are living right now in a world with no peace. How do we get peace? We start choosing God and we start thanking him right now. For what we're walking through. Wouldn't you like that to be true in your life? Living in rest and peace on every side. Your family side, your career side, your financial side, your social side, your physical side, that you have peace on every side. How do you get there? You get there by going to the valley of blessing. Baraka. You've got to take these steps. The only way to get there when you allow God to solve your problems, it becomes a testimony to unbelievers and the world takes notice. And God loves to demonstrate his power to those who will trust him and expect him to work. Are you facing difficult problems right now? Turn to Jehovah Nisi. He is the God who defends you. You may be a single parent trying to hold everything together. Maybe the pressures at work are just more than you can take. You feel like you're going to explode inside. Maybe you feel like everyone is ganging up against you. Will you take these steps of faith today? First, turn to God. Second, we talk to God. Third, we tell him how we feel. Fourth, we trust him. And then we thank him in advance. Jehoshaphat didn't stop at trusting He put the praisers in place and he started marching. Do you see that? Remind yourself who God is.